Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to the fourth season of Parent Talk, where we strive to parent authentically and continue to grow alongside our children. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area, and we're proud to provide the most up-to-date expert information for today's parents. So our goal is to inspire you become a more confident, peaceful, connected, and authentic parent. I'm, of course, with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We all know that parenting is a journey and one that shouldn't be taken alone. So being the best parent we can be means listening, learning, and sometimes asking for help. So our community is going to bring you strength and support along the way from pregnancy to puberty and beyond. Yes. So today we're talking about nurturing our children from the inside out. And I'm happy to have with us Ashley Avanishi. Ashley is a parenting coach, international best-selling author, founder of Raising Humanity and a mom of two boys. So welcome, Ashley. Welcome to Parent Talk. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Ashley, you've been on the podcast before and uh, it's always beautiful and fantastic to talk with her. We know you personally uh, because you live, you're in the Little Mainland as well, right? Like us. And um, I love what you do. I want to thank you so much for being here today. It's so fantastic to have you come back again and again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real gift to be able to talk about the things that we love most. Yes. <laughs> Our yes. children. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's do it. So why is connection is so compromised in the world of modern parenting? modern parenting. We talk about that a lot, I feel. And mm. where can a parent begin to reconnect with their child again? Mm. So when we look at the framework by which we live, especially in the Northwestern Hemisphere here, we're generally associated only with our family units, our nuclear family units. So this is a far-fetched concept from the way we used to bring up children. We used to be in the environment of villages have an aunt, have a sister, have a sibling, be able to take care of that child when we were attending to, for example, our own personal needs or our endeavors, and also have that community to support us emotionally. Now, the way we live in the modern day world is in a very isolated capacity for the most part. We are by, um, by function an individualistic society. And this can be beneficial in a lot of ways. Not as many people on our path, we can get more done, we can be more productive. As you know, we can go and go and go because we have fewer people to tackle in our lane, you know, as they're getting in our way and slowing us down, so to speak. Um, and we buy ourselves a lot of freedom here. So women are stepping up, up into the role of what men used to do solely, you know, on their own as income providers for the family as breadwinners, however we might want to call it. But women are now taking that place for some of their households. Women are matching the income earning of, of some of their partners. So this has all been quite a shift from how things looked even 50, 100 years ago. And this, as a result, is creating a profound level of disconnection within households. Because now there's no one to solely 
nurture that child that is meant to have somebody by their side through their earliest years, especially in those first six, seven years when that child is really developing their emotional foundation. So this is really at the root of the disconnection that we are facing right now. And then to add to that, I mean, primarily again on this side of the world, we do live in an intellectually based society. So from an early age, we are sent to school, we are gathering knowledge, accumulating more and more until we're put through testing and grading and proving that we are worthy to have a place in the society. And that can be really disheartening because we all know as parents, the thing that we want most to do is to connect to our children authentically, to be in their presence, to let live um, them and ourselves, you know, take extra rest when we need it, go for the hikes on the mountain, one, especially in Vancouver, you know, we just want these days to be free with our children. But now it feels with the schedule that we've built around schooling in our lives, the workplace, that the only time that we really have to quote unquote catch up with family life and connect is the Saturday and Sunday. Yet by default, we're cramming so much into those days, including all the birthday parties of all of the classmates and all of the friends and all the siblings. So there's so much pressure to do so much in short periods of time based on the way that we've decided to live out here. Do more in less time. So we build up our technological assets and hope that they'll help us out. But the reality is they are only fueling this treadmill that we are on to do more, to have more, to be more, to prove that we are worthy. Under all this though, I do want to say as we finish up on this question that it really comes down to going back to our intuitive nature really going back to the knowing that we are enough. If we weren't mired to all the outside distraction, all the advertisements, all the social media, all the things that we attach to, to understand whether we're worthy or not, really those are just metrics of success that we're looking for outside of us, then we'd come to understand that yes, I'm okay doing whatever I choose to do in my day, whatever I choose to live with my child in tandem like, you know, whether that's homeschooling, whether that's unschooling, whether that's um, traditional schooling, that I am enough. And I will naturally connect to those who can support me wherever I choose to be in my life. So at the root of the disconnection, I think the first step towards that is really pausing. And I think now more than ever, we're given that opportunity to really sit back and reflect on what it is that we individually value as a human and then as a family, and then how we can integrate that into living in this modern day society. So first step is always sitting with yourself and really understanding who you are beyond all of the things outside of you that are telling you who to be, how to be, what to be. Excellent. So what do you feel is our core responsibility as parents and how does leaning into this impact our children? Yeah, so I'll tell on the, the answer that I gave for the last question, and that's really to be in the pause and the presence with our children. Because the truth is, most of our, our brain development happens in these, first, in these initial years of our lives. We don't have an analytical faculty for the first seven years. So we know that all the other components of our foundation are being built at that time, primarily our emotional or psychological and our intuitive or innate wisdom within our, our beings, our bodies, our physical bodies. So with that, 
if the parent is not modeling what's possible in those early years, it's very difficult for a child to get a grasp of what it's like to live with freedom, to live with full expression, to live with joy, to live with allowance, to simply be authentic. And this is why we talk so much about authentic parenting, because as a parent, you can imagine, it's so easy to pick up the books, book after book, look outside, compare ourselves to what others are doing. And now we've gone on this run towards conscious parenting. And what I've found from years of being in the conscious parenting world is that often our tendency is to by default, because we've been trained to be outcome driven, is to attach to the conscious ideals. To say, I need to look like this, I need to be like this, I need to speak like this, to fit into this arena of consciousness. To deem myself as being a conscious parent. But the truth is when that work is integrated, within our cellular body, when we've really unwound some of that learning that has us attached to a formula or an identity, we recognize that we're, we are just safe being ourselves as we are. And that's really what we're coming back to. So I feel like our ultimate goal with children is to be in the presence of ourselves fully enough that we are okay being ourselves through the emotions, through the guilt, through the shame, unapologetically saying, hey, child, this is me. This is me and my life path. And this is exactly what my mom actually offered me. If you don't like me, girls, I'm okay, but I love me. And the courage I imagine that it took my mother to say those things in the last generation were profound. But now that's the same conviction that I'm now learning to walk with. I'm not quite there where, where I saw her, but that ability for her to hold space for herself and hold space for our expression as it is, is really something so magical and so magnificent. Because what it really does is it honors the fact that I am not in ownership of you, child. I don't, you don't belong to me. Yes, you've come through me, but I am not here to depict the path that you will walk. If you choose to do wild and crazy things with your life, perhaps that your, that's your soul's calling. Perhaps you are meant to go off on these other tangents and return back full circle to your inner knowing much further down the line than your sibling. But that's not for me to decide. That's for you to decide based on your intuition. And I'm here holding the edges of that canvas safely so that you know that you have somewhere to call home, that you have somewhere to turn to in moments of difficulty and defeat and know that you have a place to safely rest in your pain, in your upsets, in your trials and tribulations, because I've now learned to hold that for myself, or I've garnered the support of others, women like you, women in community. Maybe it's a psychotherapist, maybe it's another community that really can see me so that I can then turn around that ability to be present with myself and offer it to you. Mm -hmm. I had a mother sharing this with me and of course she listened to a lot of uh, read and listened to a lot of things about conscious parenting which i think has a lot of great uh, part into it but her where she was stuck is uh she would do her meditation she would you know follow the protocol and it did help her a lot with her reactivity with the way she would look at things but then you know when parenting comes and everything's going down the drain and things are crazy and you're like, ah, and mm -hmm. then she would need to go and meditate to be able to apply it. Mm. And so I find parenting sometimes is just messy. And yeah. I do find sometimes like 
like you said it very beautifully. It is what it is. And mm. this is me. And sometimes mm. we just got to use our mess up moment mm. to just teach our children that life is not perfect. And mommy yeah. will not always have time to meditate and be calm. And sometimes mommy is tired too. And right. it's just the way it is. Right. Mm. And I thought when she shared that to me, and this is the conversation we had. And I, I just told her parenting is messy. And mm. I think it's Deborah McNamara that has said that to us, uh, Heather, a while ago, right? And I never forget, forgot about it. Like, mess, parenting is just messy sometimes. And you know what? You can't make a big deal about it because you create mm. a story and you create like uh, expectation out of it. And then you're disappointed, right? Mm. And you just mm. day after day, disappointment after disappointment, and you hope you go a good day. And then it's just messy and just be okay. Then it's messy mm-hmm. and love it because our mm. children are a little, such a little amount of time and we get a love every step. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. And we're here to naturally grow. We are meant to evolve. This is what we've been birthed for is to evolve in our human condition, but the evolution can't happen. That expansion can happen if we're resisting what's present to us in the moment. So I think helping children navigate those big, messy emotions are also a part that are always in play is how do I model holding myself through that difficulty, through that messiness? Mm-hmm. Because I think the other end of it in the modern modern day parenting spectrum, I mean, we see it, right? The, the wine culture and everything else. And I'm not discounting that. There's a place for play. There's a place for all this joy and this real humanness that we're in, like have the chocolate cake, enjoy that, you know, do, do whatever brings you joy as long as you're walking into it, knowing that it's not having you compensate for pain that's buried down deep inside. So even if you have a slight awareness around that, you might act differently in the future based on that minimal amount of knowing that you're doing something for reasons other than just being in the present moment and enjoying it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So that sounds like authentic parenting. I've heard you, Ashley, talk about this before. So Mm -hmm. what is this all about? Yeah. So we've already talked about the modern day parenting world a little bit. And we've talked about the conscious day parenting, the conscious parenting world. And having been to the extremes, like I'm talking extremes of both ends of that. um, What I recognize is that the modern day parenting world, as you know, because it is so heavily intellectualized, By default, we read the books, we go to course after course after course, and we plug it all up here, right? It's never integrated into the body and it never sinks down into the heart. The root of it is still fear. It's still control. It's still trying to navigate as the perfect parent on the outside to fit in, to belong. So we're not really any further ahead. I shouldn't say ahead, but we haven't expanded beyond where we were. We're just running a different treadmill. You know, we're just trying to do it all, hold it all, be it all without admitting openly that it's not working for us, that deep down inside we're unfulfilled. On the other hand, conscious parenting, again, it's just a different treadmill. We are pushing and pushing and pushing to get somewhere, to always be calm, always be in the OM, always be in, you know, this idealized state of being. And the truth is where authentic parenting lands is not in the polarities, not on the ends of the spectrum. It's right smack in the middle. And I'm not saying that you're always balanced. You're not always going to be in equilibrium. That's not what I'm sharing here. It's that we're starting to take steps back towards the middle ground, the middle point, which is so much talked about in 
Eastern philosophy and Zen and, you know, the Buddhism is uh, very, very big on that middle point because as humans, we tend to default to the poles, right? That's where the magnets are strongest. We're most magnetized towards that. So when we can learn to come closer to that center point, we recognize that we don't have to do these big deep dives off the cliff end. We don't have to be reckless in our behavior just to make something work. We realize that we can just be there as we are in the humanness. Yes, the messiness, the I don't know, and I'm ashamed, and this feels bad, and let's just try it, and the higher self. So what it really represents is a real integration of yes, we're human, And yes, at every moment, we have access to our higher purpose here. So it's exactly what you model here. I mean, you're doing it. You're living out your purpose and honoring the reality of being human, the reality of the hardship of our evolution that we've chosen to reincarnate, come down to this plane and be amongst all this chaos. And it's a whole hell of a lot of fun, too. So I feel like now more than ever, our world is calling us into authentic parenting, integrated parenting, embodied parenting, because for too long, we've kind of stayed in these ends of it, and we haven't really walked the talk. But now what we see with all these parents starting to come into our spaces is they're starting to find a calm middle point. Every day is just the ebb and flow of life. They don't go off and meditate for 20 20 minutes a day. I I haven't done that in years. I used to do it. And now a lot of my work is an open eye meditation, right? The more feminine dance with it. I'll, I'll walk slower. I'll be more present to the sounds. I'll attune to what's going on with my kids. And while this is happening, I'm going to bring in the joy. I'm going to bring in the breath. I'm going to bring in the music. I'm going to bring in all of these sacred practices that we've forgotten are sacred. Laughter is sacred. I mean, you hear Heather's laugh. Laughter is sacred. (laughs) Chocolate cake is sacred. You know, all of these things can be so sacred to the human experience if we finally get back to recognizing that we are here on purpose. We're not meant to escape. We're not meant to do all of these high-flying, you know, practices that get us out of the body. That was the past. Now we're moving towards more integrated, more accountable action, which is be here now. Keep your eyes open. Keep connecting to the soil. Get honest with your connection with the trees and the animals and what Mother Nature is providing you here with. So it's not no longer connection just upwards. It's a connection up and down. We're the middle point now. We're the middle point between the higher and the lower worlds, and we're really starting to get that now. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you feel children should be nurtured to connect with their own intuition. So how does this benefit them? Yeah, so we see what's happening with children nowadays. We see anxiety rates skyrocketing. We see that children who even put on the happy face and are grateful and do all the right things and sit down for the meditation and you know do whatever their parents want them to do, be a pro star on the ice, get the good grades, they can do all that. Because as I just shared today with our community, monkey see, monkey do. Most children are still relying on their survival instinct because the parent is in their survival instinct. So by default, the child takes that on and says, what do I need to do to belong and fit in in this moment? But when you've been 
when you've been guided by your intuition, you know that you're safe. You know that you're here with purpose. You know that there is space to be taken up by you. You no longer have to shrink. You no longer have to retract. You no longer have to hide yourself. You no longer have to quiet your authentic expression because you know that that has a place in this world. That's what, that's the confidence. That's the self-esteem that intuition gives us. But when we continue to navigate from this linear, robotic, heady perspective, there is no connection between the body and the mind. You know, similar to Western medicine, similar to Western psychology. And I don't discount this. Western psychology is fantastic. My younger sister is a clinical psychologist. Yet the somatic process, the body experience, the getting into the intuition, sensing what's going on with the gut. Hey, I have a stomach ache. Oh, maybe I don't have to revert to medicine. Maybe I revert to feeling my body, touching my body, holding my stomach, lying in the fetal position, having someone massage me. This is what intuition guides us to do, is reconnect back to our natural cycles of being. And we know, especially as women, we are intuitive creatures. The moment we deny the tight our intuition. Chest, right? The yeah. tight chest. That's, that's my sign no. for me. When I get tight here, it's like, oh, no, that's enough. That you're not trusting yourself that you can't stand up and say, look, mom, I actually don't want to eat what's on my plate because my body's telling me that I'm full. I actually want to stay up reading for another 15 minutes, not to defy you, but it's because I think that I might actually sleep better if I do so. I want to be under the light of the moon, not because I'm trying to buy a few extra minutes before bedtime, but because I know that I'm synced up with the moon and the stars. I want to go out into the nature and play here without any time frame because I know that my creativity is more expanded when I'm not boxed into an hour by hour time slot. So children are already attuned to this. This is how they're presented into the world. This is how we're presented into the world. And then over time, we forget, we forget, we forget we, because we rely on our intellect. Mm -hmm. So our work primarily at Raising Humanity is reversing that cycle. And we see this a lot in Eastern philosophy where kids are kept in the dark. They learn how to orient themselves based on other senses. You know, they're not only relying on the first five senses. They're saying, hey, there's something more here. There's an interconnectivity here that I'm not understanding. They're close to the earth. They're close to the animals. You know, in India, for example, we have the goats and the uh, elephants and the wild dogs. We have everything roaming the streets. And here you see domesticated animals. You be like this or else, right? So there's very limited connection here to our other beings of the planet who are meant to teach us. Whether they reside underwater, you know, just kicking it off at the, at the beach or at the um, ocean side and just realizing that we're meant to touch we're meant to feel we're meant to connect with these other beings that we now see as being dangerous as being a waste of time perhaps yet we're all the same we're all here for the very same thing which is connection the very first thing that we talked about so the more we understand this interconnective cycle that we're all here to live through and through the more we will return back to our intuitive nature. So again, that would be my first recommendation is go back to the natural elements. Don't go out and buy the 25 and $30 toy. Just go back to using, I mean, we've seen it with all our children, right? 
They discount that, break it apart, throw the batteries away, and they're back to the tissue paper that they got for their birthday, the boxes, <laughs> playing on the ground, playing with the forks. You know, they, they don't have much reason to have these very elaborate systems. And the technology really fits itself in there. When they get accustomed to using things that are not based on intuition, like technology who's trying to develop our intuition for us by guiding us through our intellect, then naturally they will default to relying on others and other things, other objects, other systems, other technologies to run their process for them. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, you, you have created um, the virtual playground. So how is intu- intuitive-based learning imp- incorporated into the virtual playground you have created? Hmm. Yeah, great question. So this virtual playground is launching soon and we're so excited because we've brought in mentors who are really living from their intuitive um, guidance at all times. And this is, I think, the most important piece when it comes to the, the, the teacher-student model or as we see it, the student-student model, the teacher-teacher model, where you do have a mentor to, yes, offer some guidance, offer some clarity, offer again the edges of the canvas, but they're not here to teach. They are there to bring out the natural exploratory curiosity that any child, every single child, no matter their, their race orientation, their gender orientation, their um, socioeconomic orientation, they are gifted with an intuitive wisdom that we have dampened and lessened over time in our desire to control. So that's the second part of it is allowing them to not feel controlled, to not feel that they are being formulated by others in the space, that they can really create meaning from the experiences that they're having. So it's more about creating an experience for the child, bringing them in, welcoming them into an experience. And then from there, understanding that, hey, They will generate their own meaning within this space as long as they have the emotional safety, as long as they feel that they can connect peer to peer and not be judged for who they are, what they are, what they're learning, how they're interpreting it. Because we understand that everybody develops so uniquely and we all have such different intelligences. You know, I might be really good with making wood sculptures. You may be really good with your voice. Heather may be really, really good at her automatic writing and things just channel through her at all times. We never know what gifts are present for children. And sometimes these gifts are revealed very early on. And sometimes we wait many experiences and many tangents to reveal them. But what we are really, really committed to is creating safety because we find that in safe environments, That is when children really have a chance to let go, relax, feel their nervous systems come down and just say, oh, I'm here. I can take the deep belly breaths and the expression just comes out. And I realize that, yes, I'm accountable for how I show up. I have a personal responsibility here to respect and honor myself and respect those around me. Yet, I know that what's coming out of me will not be harmful when I'm guided by the natural elements because the universe is such a friendly place. We know that based on the Course in Miracles. We know that as we do our emotional process. The universe is here to guide us. Even through this pandemic, we are so so fortunate to have other 
um, other support that sometimes goes unseen. And this is where the intuition really, really starts to take precedence in our lives. When we understand the interconnectivity of the life that we're living. Beautiful. It's so relaxing. It's so nice to hear you talk. <laughs> it's very, it's very, um, I find um, my brain goes in a, in a, in a space of like, yeah, connectiveness, authentic parenting. And as well, uh, it's, it's almost a meditation listening to you. So for, all our listeners, they're, lis they're listening to us right now. Um, write some message. We want to know what you think. Uh, we want to be connected with you. And uh, thank you so much, Ashley. I learned so much today. It's always a fantastic. Um, I love to be with you on the air. It's fantastic. So that concludes today's episode. Heather and I, of course, want to say thank you uh, for bringing so much wonderful value information, helping us grow and be the best parents we can be, of course, right? For everyone that is listening, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and soon you'll be able to follow us on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. So stay tuned. Of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast directly on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard sometimes, so it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Thank and you. Great, yeah, and have a great week, everyone. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.